What's going on, Refill Team Fairchild? As you guys know, the whole point of this podcast is just to help bring our community together. I've broken it down into simple things. We're just going to hack it out. We'll talk about humor and humility, accountability, connectiveness, and also kindness, and what other strings for our bows our guests have to bring to the table, because that's how we make that beautiful music. So let's go ahead and get this episode started. So I just wanted to preface the next five episodes we're about to listen to. Uh, You're going to hear my individual or personal leadership philosophies. Uh, They're broken down to about five different traits. You'll hear me joke about North America's hacks for anyone that forgets my name when you put my last name in front of me. First name actually spells North America, so that's how I get that fun part. And then um, I share it, I think, in the first podcast, but we're just breaking down humor, humility, accountability, connectedness, and kindness. And some of those words kind of do overlap, and you'll notice that I may have left out some keywords that we usually hear around the Air Force, but I tend to stray from what we usually choose to highlight, if you will. Always looking for more ideas, if you guys have any out there in the listening world. It can be your leadership traits, or maybe you'd like to have someone on the show that you really value. Whatever it is, just let me know. Other than that, we'll go ahead and get started. Okay, Team Fairchild, here we are for episode two out of five. This one's on humility. Today I have Master Sergeant Chris Klein and Master Sergeant Jeff Kreider with me. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, If you guys just want to go ahead and introduce yourselves, just where you're from, where you've been, what you currently do, some fun stuff like that. Should I go first? Go ahead, Jeff. (laughs) I Okay, I'll go first. So, uh, Master Sergeant Jeff Kreider, uh, originally from Kimmel, Indiana. Fun fact, I was actually born on Chanute Air Force Base in Illinois before it got shut down. But, um, yeah, moved to Indiana when I was four, joined the Air Force from there. Currently, the Wing Staff Agencies and Comptroller First Sergeant. This is our eighth assignment. So, so, yeah, we've been to Mountain Home, Osan, Kadena, Luke. Right, Patterson, back to Osan, Spangdalem, and now here. Jeez. So, yeah. That's a lot. So, a lot of moving around. And I'm a metals technician by trade, so welder machinist on the aircraft. And uh, prior to what I'm doing now in WSA, I was the additional duty first sergeant for MXS. Okay. So, you've been just a first shirt the whole time you've been at Fairchild? No. So, I was a section chief for metals tech. Okay. And then fab flight chief. And then additional okay. duty. I had lots of moves in MXS. <laughs> I, but, feel, uh, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's me. Thanks. So, Master Sergeant Chris Klein, currently the First Sergeant for the uh, 92nd Communication Squadron, been a First Sergeant for almost three years. Okay. Born in uh, Pendleton, Oregon, grew up in Vancouver, Washington. I'm married. I got a, a wife and two girls. They're 16 and 11. Having a teenager is great. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, but no, they're, they're great kids. Before I was a first sergeant, I was a jet engine mechanic. Been at Dias Air Force Base, and then up at Elmendorf, down at DM. Spent a lot of time down there, uh, and then nice. up here. And before I put the diamond on, I was the specialist section chief in AMXS, and then got the assistant first sergeant gig in AMXS. Did that for about 14 months before I went to school and put the diamond on. Nice. And here I am. Were you there when we saw the 2 AMUs, or were you yep, pre-2 AMUs? It was blue and green, completely separated. Yep. I don't know how they're doing it now, but it's... I have to go to 4 AMUs. That's what I hear. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I think it'll be for the best once they get things situated. 
having that whole rotational, hey, this is when you're deploying will be really, really nice. And knowing you won't be deploying for a year and a half. Once they get that worked out with the ARSs too. That'll be good. My, I have the highest hopes for them at least. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys for sharing a little bit about yourself. I didn't know that you were packed Northwest through and through for the most part. Nope. Awesome. And then a fun fact, Sergeant Kreider and I share the exact same birthday on the exact same year. Yep. Back in March 27, 1984. So yeah. a little while ago. Yeah, we're getting old. <laughs> you dated yourself when you said a base had closed. So. That's right, that's right. Back when uh, maintenance tech schools were at Chanute. Chanute. Oof, that, that's way before me. I think way before all of you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think we were all at Shepherd, at least for part of our tech school. Were you at Shepherd? Well, so I was not. I was actually at Aberdeen Proving Grounds in Maryland. Oh, cool. So we shared the same schoolhouse for welding and machining that the Marines and the Army did. Okay. But that's also shut down now, so Metals Tech is now back at Shepherd. Okay. Yeah. I spent some time at Shepherd. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. And I'm pre I'm pre Katrina for Biloxi. Oof. So, oh, okay. Yeah. It happened the year after I finished school at uh, Keesler. Oh. Yeah. That's that's how long I've been in. You can date yourself by natural disasters right. <laughs> or bases closing down. You know you've been in a while. And I guess that is part of humility, isn't it? So that's a nice little segue into our discussion today. So I picked you guys because as first shirts, I have a feeling that. There are times where you are put on a pedestal, and it's kind of awkward sometimes figuring out how to take praise and just how to learn from even our mistakes and admit, and that goes into accountability too, but admit that it takes more than one person, and we'll, we'll back up. I think you guys have all heard that, and I think you live by it. Praise in, in front of people and then reprimand in private. We try and do that. Uh, do you guys have any stories or anything that you can think of? Or, Well, I know you guys get seen a lot. Mm. And I know Chief Guzman is high praised for all first shirts. It helps that he was it a first shirt, too. Yes. It absolutely does. <laughs> but I'm sure some of those times where he's just raving, it's like, I really appreciate it, but I don't know how to, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. So I think you'll hear a lot of people say that I don't like praise, I don't like recognition. I think there's something to that, but I think at the end of the day, everybody does like a little bit of recognition. People like to be to be thanked for what they've done. Um, but for me, me personally, I'm not big on, I don't need to be up on a stage in front of people getting an award or being thanked or anything. Just at the end of the day, a good job shirt. Good work today. But from the commander, that's, you know, I, I don't... Like I said, me personally, I'm not big on, I don't need those those reassurances, but there are those out there that do. Some people really need that recognition and they need uh, they need to be praised in front of people all the time. So, And I think that if you are getting into the first sergeant career field for praise and for getting your face out there, you're in it for the absolute wrong reasons. Sure, absolutely. You should, you, you should not be wearing a diamond. I, I tell my wife this a lot, you know, that... Like Sergeant Klein was talking about, you know, with the praise, being on stage and all that, that's not our forte. No. You know, we, we talk to any diamond current or prior, by far the, fa the most favorite thing of ours to do is to go recognize people. BTZ, quarterlies, annuals, you know, basically whatever's going on, we like to be there for the people. And, and not stand alongside them, but, you know, stand behind them and, and, and applaud. But like I was telling my wife, I, I get so much more enjoyment out of thank you cards I get so much more enjoyment out of emails or texts that say, thank you so much. I couldn't have done this without you. That's that's what really makes the job worthwhile to me. 
Sure. You know, it's it's funny, Jeff, that you mentioned the uh, the thank you cards. I have, you know, we all have the little trinkets and stuff in our office. And for me, there's two things that that I absolutely care about in there. The rest of the stuff is just stuff, right? One of them is, well, they're both thank you cards, but one of them is from an airman uh, who actually used to be your airman, but helped her out through a tough time in her life. And as she was PCS and she gave me this thank you card and just went into detail on stuff and everything else in the office could burn up or go away or get stolen. But that's one of the things that I, I care about. So that'll always be whatever office or wherever I'm at. It's just one of those. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So. Sure. No, I think, I think all of us right now are in very helping agency types jobs. Um, every now and then when you get that, thank you. It's like, Oh, Okay, so all that work I went through, and it's not that, I mean, our job is to help, but sometimes we give extra, we have to put a little bit more into some some people's situations, and to know that they actually recognize that you did that means the world, because sometimes, unfortunately, you do have those airmen that either just don't recognize how much effort you put into something for them, or they maybe just don't care, and we all grow up different, we have our different temperaments, some people... My mom, I always had to say thank you even if I didn't mean it growing up, right? So now it's built in and I understand the meaning of the word. So when I say thank you, it is always genuine. But some people just don't even have that built in, if you will. I think, uh, reading your, your list here, talking about bringing others with you when when there's praise. As a first sergeant, we're, we're team players, right? Nothing we do is for ourselves. It's always for the team. Right? It's always for the squadron or the group or the wing or whatever. We don't do anything for ourselves, really. So There's no time. Yeah, there, yeah there's no time to, to, hey, this one's for me. But including, you know, that's why, that's why you have like your, your squadron wings and your, your get-togethers. And I thank, I thank my squadron all the time for all the hard work they do. Because they're customer service. Sure. Yeah. You know, so nobody ever calls calm and says, hey, everything's running great. So I think they need to hear yeah. the praise, which I don't think they get enough of. Sure. Because they're extremely hard workers. But I think just, yeah, just a join. Units. Yeah. A lot of units are like that. But just celebrate as a team, I think is good. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I actually was just over at your squadron last week. And again, in reference to when this video comes out, it'll probably have been a month or so, but, or not video, when this podcast comes out, it'll probably have been a month or so. But it was really good to kind of see some of them. I knew a couple of them from previous bases, and a couple of them have gotten out and about, but most of them, I think, stay behind their desks. So it'd be great to kind of see some more of them so we can give them that praise when we see them out and about, because I do know how hard they work, and I know it's hard to get out from behind the desk in most jobs, especially FSS. Com squadron, finance, finance, maintenance, maintenance, getting off the line. I think everyone likes to stay in their little bubbles. And you guys are behind cipher lock, so we definitely can't get to you guys. You can kind of see finance from. You can see one aspect of finance (laughs) at customer service. There's a whole lot going on in the back. I can promise you that. You can walk by and knock on the door and see if they'll let you in on that side door. And then you've got all your agencies, also in the same building as Com, and then. The wing building, so they're a little bit more accessible. I right. like to go say hi to PA whenever I can in protocol because yeah. they help me out quite a bit. 
Now, Command Post is a whole different story, though. I have oh, not yeah. seen Command Post. That is, I've seen every squadron except medical on base. I'm going to get with Master Sergeant Josen early next year. We just keep not having our schedules line up. Mm-hmm. But I've made sure to see everybody on base except for medical, and I have not seen Command Post. I can yet. get you over there. I'll have to go, yeah. It's a great group over there. Have you been up in the tower? I have. I've been okay. there multiple times. Yeah. I liked. I think I've, se- I've seen Seer. I actually went out with them. Two weekends ago, very cool. Out in the elements, it looked very similar to this. If you guys ever want to do that, nope. Great group of no. It's real different when you're on the <laughs> the spectator side of the. Of I'll, the I'll, I'll go visit them. I'm not doing any of that confinement silliness or anything. <laughs> oh like no, that. no, yeah. <laughs> we were out in the woods. I watched them kill a rooster, but I didn't have to eat the rooster. Oh, okay. We got to go back to their MCPs and just kind of see where they reside after. Very cool. They're out for the day. I don't. Yeah, I'm not about that. In the field life at this point, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. in my life, I, I've kind of passed that. I used to want to do EOD. I don't know what you guys originally came in to do. I'm so grateful that the Air Force said no. In hindsight, yeah, but yeah, actually came in guaranteed doing jet engine mechanics. Nice. So I got lucky. I I picked it. I enjoyed it. I kind of miss it sometimes. Yeah. So my dad was a crew chief on F100 Super Sabers and Ooh. F4s. Yeah. And so I went open mechanical because they told me I'd have a better chance of being a crew chief and I wanted to be like my dad. And they ended up giving me metals tech, which is kind of a hard spot to get normally, apparently. Yeah. So I I think I kind of lucked out. Very much. I really enjoyed the career (laughs) field and I would have enjoyed being a crew chief too. But yeah, yeah, it's been good. That's interesting because usually when when I came in, I came in a couple years after you. Mm. They were trying to get people to sign up for crew chief. Oh, yeah. Fortunately, my recruiter was a crew chief and he said i want you in maintenance but i don't want you to be a crew chief so he hooked it up i'm told that this is my second choice comnav i don't know if it really was i'd love to see that sheet of the assignments we chose or the <laughs> afscs we chose because i also have on my my surf still that i was supposed to go to GAC school and it hasn't oh, fallen off yeah. for tech school so i wonder if they didn't move me last second but i couldn't tell you either way because it was all just a bunch of letters and numbers back so, then. <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned that uh, while I was in basic training and you're picking your the person that is assigning AFSCs, it's like, well, do you want A, B, C, or D shred? Oh. <laughs> and I looked at him like, what's the difference? I'm a trainee. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. And he says, I don't know. I'll just pick one. E? <laughs> Which apparently E is GE, turbojet engines. Okay. So I had no idea. Apparently he didn't either. So yeah, just, say, just pick yeah. one and move on. <laughs> but, no props for you, I guess. Nope. There was a time where they combined our career fields, yep. and you could work on anything. And then they realized that wasn't a smart idea, and they shredded us back out. But getting back to humility, um, you guys have jobs where you're on call twenty four seven. And I know you guys are able to pass off the phone every every now and then when you're on leave or if you need a weekend to an undershirt. But how does that affect you guys? Is that part? I mean, obviously, you knew that it was going to be part of the job when you became a diamond. But you're talking like passing the phone off. How does sure. It, so for me, <clears throat> I took a really long time. Being the first sergeant is my job. Sure. Why am I going to put that on somebody else mm-hmm. and and ask them to do my job for me? Then. The longer I was, I was in the seat, I realized it's not just for me uh, to hand that phone off, but it's a learning experience and a growth tool for your tech sergeants or your, your master sergeants to have that experience. Okay. So it, it took a while, and I still don't hand it off very often, but 
it, it took it took a while to allow myself to let somebody do my job for me because sure. I, I felt guilty if because the first time I handed it off there was a big issue that came up and mm. that person had to deal with it yeah I would have been there still would have happened but I'm more equipped to deal with that sure but it was a good learning experience for the the shirt the, the undershirt that I handed it off to so so we uh, we just recently had our first sergeant symposium. We had a whole bunch of uh, DBs come out. One of them was um, Master Sergeant Angie Jordan, and she of PC. She's our assignment functional. And when she was briefing the audience, she had the greatest analogy I could think of. She said that basically, when you're a first sergeant with that phone, it's kind of like you're a parent to everyone in that unit, you're finding a babysitter that you can really trust, <laughs> and you don't know what exactly what's going to go wrong with your children sure. when you're gone. But you're you're it can be a little terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. But like Sergeant Klein was saying, like you gotta, you, so you have to have trust in the person you're handing the phone off to. Uh, it's a great opportunity for them to learn and grow and utilize resources and, and, and stuff like that. So it's good. It's, it can be terrifying, but I, I try to do it once a month at least, okay. it, just for a weekend. And it's not because I'm trying to find a, a, a route away from it necessarily, but um, I just need my time. Sure. You know, so self care is, I think, really important. And when you're on call 24-7, I mean, for some reason, we always get these the Red Cross notifications always come in at 2 or, two or 3 in the morning, <laughs> trying to write down entire paragraphs worth of info, and you're just like, oh, man, I'm really tired. It's nice to just have a break every now and then, sure. a mental break, yeah. you know, just just to just to kind of decompress and uh, spend uh, adequate time with family or, or, or yourself, you know. So, But it can be nerve-wracking, you know, and there's always those assumptions, both you and the person you're holding or handing the phone off to, there's always that fear something's going to go on and you know you're going to get a call regardless but it Murf happens murphy's law right right whatever will happen it's going to happen whenever you finally take a step back and say you know what it's okay i'm going to pass the phone off i'm going to have a weekend with my family i'm going to decompress <laughs> yeah i encourage uh, people if they want if they want that growth and they want the experience don't just do it on a weekend take the phone during the week okay because, yeah, a lot of, not a lot, phone calls happen during the, the weekend, but the day-to-day, -day, that's during the week. That's where you're going to get a lot of that experience. You know, all the random phone calls that are coming in, the random people coming to the office, that happens during the week. Sure. So, if you're out there and you're listening and you want more of the first sergeant experience when you when you volunteer to take the phone, do it during the week. You'll, you'll get more of a... An understanding of what's going on. Yeah. So, could they do that in your guys' squadrons, even if you're not on leave? Like, how would that work? Absolutely, but there needs to be a little bit of communication sure. with uh, command teams as well. Sure. So, if if you're in a busier unit, or if you're in any unit and you got a whole lot of stuff going on, right? Whole lots of dialogue with the commander and the chief and stuff. Probably not the best time to do it. You know, in general, if it's just a, a, a normal-ish week, that'd probably be the best time. But okay. you you know, we always make sure that we're communicating kind of our intent with uh, the commander and the chief, you know, so. Okay. And then you mentioned that you guys are basically basically 24-7 mm -hmm. when you are on, well, I mean, while you've got the, the diamond, unless you've passed off the phone for a little bit of time. Yeah, absolutely. The Not only, basically, we are. We are. <laughs> the only time you you get downtime is if you take leave. Okay. Uh, other than that, you're, the phone could ring right now. Yeah. I'd have to step out. I'm waiting to see whose uh, goes off first, right. to be honest. <laughs> Well, mine has, but it's my oh. wife, Heather, so. <laughs> I've had situations where, you know, we, we talk about it at the symposium. Mm. 
whatever, you know, we're talking to potential candidates for being a first sergeant, there's those situations where, you know, if you're out with the family, maybe you have to drive separately, maybe you have to sit in the back of the, the auditorium for mm-hmm. a concert or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not saying that you have to stop your life. I, I have continued to do everything that I did before I was a first sergeant, sure. but it does take a little bit of time management and a little bit of coordination and planning. But I think it's good to to give those people the experience. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're you're on call 24/7 365. So, you never know when or who's going to call. Fair enough. She used to terrify me even when I was younger. <laughs> Senior Airman Staff Sergeant Maintenance Back Shop once or twice, you know, every month or two, I'd have weekend standby, and I'm like, oh, sure. crap, I'm yeah. on call for two days, you know, and like, I look back, I'm like, what was I complaining about? It's not that bad, you know? Right. I remember the first time I was the uh, seven level on call for the F-15s up at Elmendorf, Oof. and those break all the time, because yep. they fly them a lot harder than, than a 135, mm-hmm. and I was, I was nervous, like, man, I, I don't know what's going to come up. What might happen? Yeah. I don't have anybody else to, to lean on to talk to. You know, if this comes up, yeah, you call somebody, but I'll date myself a little bit here. Our on-call <laughs> phone was a pager. Uh, I had one of those, too. Had, oh, yeah. <laughs> I had that, too. Yeah, and you had to sign it out in the CTK. You had to sign out the on-call pager. Times have, times have changed a little bit for the better. A little bit. But. Yeah, I remember, I think, one of the stories that still sticks with me in this this commander still remembers it too, and he's always. Every time I talk to him, he calls me out on it. Um, it actually ties into the accountability story that you guys will hear about in a future week. But long story short, I went to bat for this airman, and I didn't want to. Like, sounds horrible. A young staff sergeant, another staff sergeant. We just happened to work in the same section, and he just wasn't good at anything except the one job they put him in. He was a crew chief. He was in debrief with me. All he could do was debrief. Um, and that was fine. That's all we needed him to do. But he got in a little bit of financial trouble. A lot of a lot of financial trouble. Let's put it that way. And Commander pulled me up to the office since I was the NCYC of the shop. And he only asked me questions that had to do with his work performance. Because all the leadership was all standing around us, much like this round table. Myself and the Commander were sitting down. Everyone else is just peering down on us and I can feel it get warmer and warmer on the side of my head and on my neck as I'm answering each question but he's only asking me questions about work and by the book this kid's good at what he does he can't adult he can't take care of himself for the life of him but he can do his job when he's at work for the eight hours he's at work he does it really well and this was our chance to kind of last straw get the kid out the door and because of that conversation the commander decided he wanted to fight for him which was fine he when he went to court martial he had his back and when he was in confinement he had his back even got him out a day early but he came up to me the commander came up to me a couple of days after that interaction so i'm trying to use the vending machine and he catches me off guard like sir northam hi hi sir (laughs) i'm really proud of you did you know that uh for my horrible ch- choice and snack <laughs> for this snacks. Dr. Pepper really? <laughs> for this whatchamacallit I'm literally about to pull out of the vending machine uh, he's like do you know why I'm proud of you I was like no you stood up to me I, like, well, I did not stand up to you <laughs> but if that's how you want to interpret it oh, okay he's like you could have just you know threw the kid under the bus but you did what you needed to do and you answered the questions truthfully 
Because, yeah, by the end of that meeting, all leadership was mad at me. I'm pretty sure. Minus the commander. Um, but it was one of those things that, you know, it was kind of cool that he recognized it. And that was the first time he and I had ever talked. Much better than when the superintendent and I had first talked. That's when I got my rights read to me. Mm. Back when he was still a senior. <laughs> hadn't even sewn on chief yet. That's part of my other story, too. And then he would brief it at every commander's call. Like, Sergeant Northam is my favorite troop because she stood up to me and, you know, just starts slinking down on my chest. Like, Come on, man. I don't know how to take this. I don't want to. I, it's nice to be your favorite, I guess, but don't tell everybody and don't put me on the spot. And I really don't think I did anything that I should not have done. Like, that's just, you know, doing my job, accountability, sticking up for my airmen. But that was one story that kind of fit that bill, I thought. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have any from. Well, I think as first sergeants, you always hear, you know, the, the triad, the commander, the chief, and the first sergeant, they're always on the same page after the doors opened and we're done talking in the office. Mm. We're not always on the same page in sure. the office. Uh, I have had different opinions with my commanders, like, hey, sir, ma'am, I think this is what you should do, and I'm going to go a different way. <laughs> okay. Mm. But as a first sergeant, you have to be able to to give your opinion, and if you're just, if you go along with uh, everything that the commander and the chief is saying, why do they need a first sergeant? True. I'm not saying we sit there and we argue with the commander all the time. That's not the case at all. But you have to have a strong enough personality to say, sir, ma'am, this is the left and right bounds. I'm over here. This is what I think should happen. But at the end of the day, you know, when, when you walk out of that office, you're, you're lockstep. Sure. But I think you, you've got to have that strong enough personality to be able to have those real adult conversations with your commander and your chief. So when you said you were standing up for your airmen and you had the the unpopular opinion because you were standing, you know, you, you took a sword for your, your airmen, that, that's a good trait to have. But also on the flip side of that, you can't fall on your sword for all of them. Sure. Uh, it's... That happens, right? And as long as you're honest, which you were being in yeah. that in that you know scenario, as long as you're being honest and giving the commander the essay that they need, typically, it, you know, traditional squadrons, the chief will be thinking of it more from like a, maybe an operational standpoint about the member. We're thinking of it as a, a personal kind sure. of aspect okay. of the member and yeah. giving that commander what he or she needs to make an informed decision, and. Uh, and legal helps out a lot with a lot of <laughs> yeah. that, too. But, well, that's yeah. always my first phone call. What are the left and rights here? <laughs> How far can I swing this pendulum? You must keep Sergeant Johnson and her team very busy. <laughs> very, very. I think uh, I'm annoying Captain Rogers uh, as of late. Poor guy. But, um, but no, being honest is really what it, that comes down to, having open and honest communication and, um, you know, and not being afraid to say no when everyone else is saying yes. You know, that's a, that's a huge thing. As a matter of fact, I think that's one of the pillars they talk about when people are about to sew on chief is, is being the one that's going to say yes when everyone else is saying no. Something to that effect. But, yeah, mm-hmm. honesty, is, honesty is real key. Yeah, that's not easy. After that, um, I actually even have a tattoo on my my arm. I can't see it, which is kind of sad, but <laughs> it says, a yes man never knows. Yeah. But, I mean, there is a time and a place. And I actually had that discussion with one of my other airmen shortly after because he wanted me to fight for everything or against everything. He's like, no, no, no. They like us right now and we have a good rapport and we yeah. can't fight everything because then then we're going to lose some credibility. 
this that they're asking us to do, not a big deal. When it's something that we really can't afford to do or just shouldn't be doing, I will fight that. But for now, we can go ahead and we can hand out their production papers because production is too lazy to do it here. But we'll 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 <laughs> make it, it work. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't at this space. I won't I won't say where. Mm. Uh, people that do know me, unfortunately, probably know exactly from where. But that's okay. <laughs> And he's a chief now, and he'll probably laugh if he ever hears this, Chief Riley. But I don't think he will. <laughs> um, do you guys have any leadership philosophies or traits that you guys really value? I think one thing I've learned over the years, and it took me a while. I mean, we all mature slowly, I think, sometimes in the Air Force. And, and that's my construct, right? You know, like you, you start growing, learning leadership abilities, going through PME and all that. And they do a good job of... Uh, Kind of teaching you little things, and we pick up our own. Or we can incorporate our own kind of personalities into our leadership a little bit. But the one thing I've always, I've always liked the statement: the courage to communicate. Sure. You know, I think in the Air Force we do. We are not incredibly good at communication in the Air Force. We like giving good information. We kind of shy away from giving bad information. But true. Um, if you have that courage to get out there and talk to people and tell them how it is, tell them what's coming, you know, we do it all the time as first sergeants. It was nerve wracking at first. You know, hey, this is going to probably happen. It could be bad, yeah. right? But yeah. we're here for you and we'll help you out. You know, deliberate feedback, ACAs, you know, just making sure that people have. It takes bravery sometimes because you don't want to give people bad news, but making sure they have that courage and that bravery to give honest communication. I'm going back to honesty. That's that's kind of that's something I like to do. I still fail at it. Sure. I still shy away from adversity sometimes, you know. But I think it's important to to uh, kind of incorporate that into your day to day. So for me, part of my my leadership traits being a maintainer by trade. <laughs> Sitting behind a desk, sitting at a computer is its not my forte. Sure. Uh, I like to be out with the people. So everybody says they have an open door policy. But uh, yeah, I've got an open door policy, but I got an empty seat policy. Uh, if my door is open I'm some, and I'm not in my office, I'm somewhere in the building. I'm sure. somewhere in the squatter. Sure. Uh, so if you need something, you know, chances are in a few minutes you'll see me walking around the unit. I like to I like to do that because I can go out and I can build those relationships. Yeah. I can go down and again, taking a maintainer, putting them in the comm squadron, completely outside my element, right? So when I first got there, I did a lot of just going around to every work center. Hey, what are you doing? How does that work? Why are you doing that? Teach me. Uh, one, because I want to know what they're doing. I want to know how they're doing it so I can help them relate what they're doing to the big overall mission, right? So a lot of my time is spent not in my office. It's just sitting down in the work centers and talking to them, nice. getting to know them. Because if I build those good relationships with them and they trust me and they know they can talk to me, they're going to bring me more there. When they have problems, when they need help, they're yeah. going to come talk to me. Yes. If I were to just sit up there on the second floor in my office and the only time they see me is when they're called up to the command section. They're not going to bring me the little problems. Sure. And if there's big problems, they may not bring those either. So I think getting out and building relationships, getting to know your people, getting to know the, the mission and everything that they're doing. Because first sergeants, we move around to different units. Yeah. They're not going to put a maintainer back in, in AMXS. You know, they're not going to put a medic back in the med group. 
They're going to put us outside of our elements, which helps us grow as leaders and individuals. So getting out, get to know your people, get to know the mission of the unit you're in. It'll help you be a better leader, help you be a better person. It'll help you understand what's what's going on in your units more. That's awesome. Be an active, invisible leader, which is funny. It's in our it's in our AFI's first sergeants, but it's okay. also a charge for senior NCOs generally in the United States Air Force. So um, I do find even airmen that aren't in my unit walking around with this diamond on, people will come up to me and be like, "Hey, oh, sure." Nice. Or they might just want to BS a little bit. They might just want to talk, or they might have a legitimate issue, something that just popped up. And hey, here's a first sergeant right here. I'm sure you get it as career assistance advisor. People are like, "Hey, I want to be an officer," and you're like, "Okay, well, let's talk." You know. So yeah, getting out there and getting FaceTime is is so crucial. And you know, a lot of times, airmen command sections are a little nerve wracking. They're a little scary. Sure. You know? Yeah. I know as a maintainer, I didn't want to go anywhere near the nope. chief's office, commander's <laughs> office. First sergeants back in the day were scary too. Yep. So. Um, so I'd never seek help. I'd never, if I had an issue, I was I was a little frightened to go up there. But if the shirt was walking around, I'd be like, hey, you know, do you got a minute? I just have a question mm-hmm. for you. Nice. So getting out and about is, is very crucial. Yeah. It's important, especially in these roles, that people know who you are. Because like you said, you guys are about to do a big change up, right? Oh, yes. Beginning of next year, 2022. So they're very comfortable. Com Squadron knows who you are, so mm-hmm. inclined. WSA, all of them from around the different areas that they work in all know who you are, Sergeant Kreider. So soon, I think you're going to... Ops Group. Ops Group. LRS. And you're going to LRS. So making sure that much bigger groups for both of you is Ops. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to kind of just, you have to start over to an extent. Yeah. Every time a new CAA happens, I still call myself the new CAA. (laughs) And I've been in the seat since March, and I can't believe how fast this year is going. Oh, yes. Time flies. Yeah. You know, they, they say, and this is totally off topic, but they say at about your 18-month 18 18-month 18 mark, uh, going back to your career field, you should start reaching out to your, your functional. Ooh, smart. January is my 18-month mark. So I was just thinking about that this morning. I said, man, I might need to start making some phone calls. But, yeah, time flies. Sergeant Kreider and I, I think by the time we're done being first sergeant, so it'd be five plus years that we've been doing first sergeant duties nice. with our time as additional duties um, which is a good thing i've i've enjoyed every minute of it but we'll see what happens ah. going forward yeah. so as first sergeant so you must have been enjoying not having to worry about the scott season quite as much as all your all, all of our fellow Senior NCOs are. Well, yeah, yes and no. <laughs> yes I mean, we, no. Still, we still do the QFRs, right? Okay. You know, we still see all the EPRs and decks that come yep. through and all that, and um, <clears throat> you know, and have to have to go through records and stuff. It'd be a little tedious. Writing EPRs though, it's nice just having to write one every year, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, every EPR decoration that is is submitted goes through the first sergeants for some sort of review. Yeah, every shirt does it differently. Uh, some are going to dig into the EPRs. Some are just going to, yep, that tracks and and move on. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice not having to <laughs> have that big stack of EPRs to write. Exactly. And go through and check. And how did you not? What Did you guys even look at the writing guide? No, man. Uh, <laughs> it changed. This is 2020s. This is 2021s. <laughs> Little things that change. Even just how you have to abbreviate training from one place mm-hmm. to the next. Oh, yeah. Some people keep the R in there. Some people don't. But I think both of your guys' CFM is Chief Master Sergeant Samavarchian, isn't it? 
in in our two A field. Yeah, Chief Sam. Funny enough, he was a tech sergeant in Kadena when I was a staff sergeant there. Yes. And uh, yeah, he joined the same year as me. He he's a fast burner. Yes. That guy. I, I love him to death. He's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. In 2011, I think right after he came from Kadena, he went to Mildenhall and he was oh, still okay. a tech. And now he's been a chief for at least two or three years, I think. Oh yes. So yeah. I don't know how he did it, but I it think was he very just impressive. had a big win with the new 2903 with the maintainers and the coveralls as a yeah. uniform. Oh yeah. 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 That's what they meant. Okay, because I saw a lot of people thanking him, but I didn't know in reference. Right. But okay, yeah. like, that'll be nice. Uh, these things can. It's so dirty, especially the ABUs. Oh, yes. yeah. oh I'm so glad we're away from those ABUs. <laughs> yeah. That was a terrible uniform for, <laughs> for maintainers. NCE. <laughs> I mean, anybody yeah. that's getting dirty. dirty. It was yes. a terrible uniform. Yeah. I do miss having stripes on my sleeve, though. Yeah, that, that was, was part of the yeah. enlisted heritage. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, I like having patches back. I kind of miss having the chevrons on the sleeve. Yeah. I mean, they could reverse it. Put the, yeah, the we stripes get here, patches and then we could have our patches back like the old BDUs <laughs> to yeah. date ourselves again. They could, be awesome. they could make it work. Maybe yeah. maybe that'll be our legacy on the way out. Change the <laughs> uniform one more time. I'll fun. call Chief Sam and mention it. Maybe he can get a change. <laughs> get Chief Daniels involved, too. We'll yes. Just work all the angles. Yeah. Yep. Everyone that's been on the podcast, Chief Osby, we'll get him, too. That's right. Afies, right? Afies. Yeah. Yep. Uh, is there anything else you guys would kind of like to share before we wrap this up? No, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, I don't know when you're posting this, but uh, it's winter time now. I know it's it's talking to all the new airmen that arrive throughout the year that are not from Washington or Idaho. It's a really, really hard time yes. being away for the holidays. And then if you're from a sunny climate, if you're from Hawaii or Florida or California and you're up here, sun's setting real early, you know. Yes. I always make this pitch and it's not it's not half-hearted, you know. Just if, if, if you're having a hard time, Families, you know, you're away from family and, and, and things are weird. Always reach out, take care of yourself, you know, seek help where you need it. I think this generation is a lot better at it than yes. we are anyways. Yes. Yep. But uh, I always make that pitch regardless. I want to make sure people are taking care of themselves. Um, and uh, 2022 is going to be a, a good year for Parachild. I think it's looking pretty cool so far. So. I think so. I think good things are afoot. Yep. And that's all I got. I think one thing I always tell people around me this time of year is it's okay to not be okay. Sure. Uh, but if you need help, seek help. Yep. It's okay to ask for help. Uh, like Sergeant Kreider said, this time of year, we've got a lot of new people that are coming up here, and you may be first time away from, from family and friends. Build those connections. Get to know those around you. And if you do need help, ask for help. Yeah. It's okay. And the winter is a little bit long here. I think it starts to kind of dissipate in March or April. Yeah. So this podcast will most likely come out in January, but that doesn't mean that just because the holidays are over that these feelings don't linger with us sometimes, sure. especially because it will stay dark. I think in two more days we hit winter solstice. Tomorrow. Yeah. Is it the 21st? Yep, I thought it was the 22nd. Nope, it's 21st. Oh, okay. At 748. <laughs> Look at you, Mr. Science Wizard. I looked it up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> when is winter solstice so we can start getting on the up and up? But yeah, so... Don't be afraid to reach out. The MPLEX are right there, and they're embedded in some of our units. They're also in the AFRC. We've got the BHOP and um, Mental Health Clinic. So don't be afraid to reach out when you guys need it. Yeah. Don't uh, forget about the chaplains, too. Oh, and the chaplains. You don't, have, chaplains. To, you don't yes. have to be religious to see a chaplain. No. And they're, so. they're the nicest people when you walk in, all of them. I've, yep. only, I've met, I think, all of them at this point. 
but you can tell how appreciative the enlisted are too of just being in that career field and getting the chance to help people. And again, you've got your shirts that are also, I mean, yes, they're attached to certain squadrons, but they're never going to say, no, go find your shirt if you have a problem. Mm -hmm. And my door is almost always open, much like Sergeant Klein. If my door is open, I'm most likely somewhere in the building where I write where I'm going to be or when I'll be back. So that way you aren't waiting on me. But I always have an open door policy as well. Literally open if I'm in, if I'm here, unless I'm in a Zoom meeting, because you don't want to hear that. <laughs> but I'll leave you guys with one thing that I posted on Facebook a while back, because I think it really ties home to humility. But there's nothing more terrifying than having someone praise you in front of other people. Yeah. And I don't know how you guys handle it. Maybe we'll do a follow-on later on. But that's just one thing. I think we all feel that. And if you do feel that, it's completely normal. Just do your best to put them in. Now you can put them in your pockets. So if you don't know what else to do when you're getting praised in front of people, like Sergeant Johnson says, as far as trying to stay out of trouble, just put your hands in your pockets and smile. And you got to smile real hard if you got a mask on. Yeah. It's all in the eyes. I got, nice. I got lots of wrinkles from 2020 and 2021 because of COVID. But yeah, thank you guys both so much for joining me. This is episode two and you guys have a spectacular day. Well, thank you, you for having me. Thank us. you so much. up another episode if you guys want to be on the podcast or know someone who might want to or possibly have an idea for a podcast please have them reach out they can hit me up at 92 foxtrot sierra sierra dot foxtrot sierra delta papa dot fairchild charlie alpha alpha at us.af.mil and until next time you guys have a spectacular day